Do you have loyal customers? What does loyalty mean to you? Is it a destination where happy customers who love what you do gather to bathe in the success that your product or service has brought them? Or is it more than that? Rather than a destination, an ongoing journey of moments that inspire your loyal customers to commit to you time and time again, whilst shouting from the rooftops to all that will hear of their recommendation to work with you. How often do you find yourself telling your clients that you are different? And when you're comparing your business to your competition, could you hand on heart say that you truly offer something that no one else does? The likelihood is that, as we've said so many times here on Camcast before, the real difference is in you, your team, and the experience that you provide your customers. In a journey of moments, how well do you craft an experience that inspires your clients to commit data, time, and eventually money before starting the whole cycle again? Do you deliberately and intentionally inspire the emotions that you need in your clients to motivate them to want the products and services that you can offer? Today's episode of Camcast is a look at how we as key account managers need to be thinking more like marketeers in the way that we inspire our key clients, constantly engineering the loyalty loop for repeat business and account growth. I'm joined by Drew Davis, best-selling author and internationally acclaimed speaker. Before building and selling a thriving digital marketing agency, Drew produced for NBC's Today Show, worked for the Muppets in New York, and wrote for Charles Kuralt. Recognized as one of the industry's jaw-dropping marketing speakers, Drew is a mainstay on the global marketing influencer lists. Drew is on a mission to teach business leaders how to grow their businesses, transform their cities, and leave their legacy. Dialing in from across the pond, you'll have to forgive the odd connection glitch in the matrix on the recording. But when we spoke, I asked him all about the loyalty loop and how we can use seven key drivers to create a series of customer encounters that leave an impression ultimately growing the revenue with your key accounts. We talk about engineering the emotions you need your customers to feel at the right moments in the customer journey. How Cam is a team sport that maximizes the value of your brand to person relationships and where to start to craft different experiences that really see you standing out from your competition. Welcome to Camcast. I'm your host, David Ventura, a key account management consultant at camguru.com. In this podcast, we explore the strategies, systems, and skills you need for effective key account management. We talk to expert guests and business leaders, sharing the tips, tactics, and techniques for looking after your most important customers. This is Key Account Management Made Easy. So whatever market you're in, whatever product or service you sell, you probably find that differentiation is one of your biggest challenges. How can you stand out from your competition rather than constantly striving just to stand up to them in a world where, let's face it, many customers think that we're all selling the same stuff? I'm sure just like me, you've lost count of the amount of times that you will have told your customers that you are different. But how do you show them? Do you craft and deliver an enviable customer experience for your most important customers, which rewards you with loyalty? 
Today on Camcast, I'm joined by a man on a mission to support businesses doing just that. A mission to get businesses to think big while starting small. A huge Camcast welcome to Drew Davis. Drew, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, David. This is going to be fun. Yeah, let's, let's stop telling people we're different. Let's start showing them we're different. Absolutely. And that is something that you do really, really well, Drew. Uh, For anyone that hasn't seen, and I'm saying seen, of of course, to our listeners, but you really do need to check Drew out on socials and and see what he does because he is an expert at the online content creation and virtual delivery. So do check him out. Drew, I guess for listeners that don't know you, do you want to tell us a bit more about you and, and where you are in the world? We'll have just heard the the US accent there, but tell us about where you actually are today. Uh, today, I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, yeah, I, I started my career in the television business, working actually in Boston for a local television station, producing a nightly news show and a medical call-in show. And then I went on from that to work for uh, one of the biggest morning programs in the, in the United States called The Today Show. Uh, I wrote for a guy named Charles Peralt, who's an amazing storyteller and taught me everything I needed to know about storytelling. And then I got my dream job at the Jim Henson Company, working with the Muppets. And uh, I worked there for a couple of years until they sold the business to a German company uh, in the late 1990s. Then I got wrapped up in the dot-com boom of the late 1990s. And I, I started. that's where I started my career in marketing, kind of used what I'd learned in telling stories and, and uh, you know, inspiring people to buy stuff they didn't know they needed <laughs> as a marketing person. And then I started my own agency with a, a journalist friend of mine. We didn't know anything about running a marketing agency or how to serve clients or anything and grew that to a, a big business and sold it in 2012. And since then, I've just been writing books and traveling around the world, speaking to other business leaders, trying to inspire them to change the way they do business and transform uh, their cities and their towns and, and leave a legacy that that far surpasses uh, you know their their involvement in any one organization so it's been fun and a, and a really great path I love that and I love this idea that actually it's about leaving a legacy because business can feel a lot of the time a little too finite can't it it can feel a little bit it's like so what are we doing this month? this quarter, this year, targets feel very short term. And actually leaving a legacy is perhaps, you know, a a bigger target to have and a more important one. Drew, obviously, we're thinking about things through the lens today of the marketing world. And, you know, we've had a few guests in the past on Camcast really looking at, at Cam from a marketing perspective. And I do genuinely believe that we need to close the gap between sales and marketing and that salespeople and account managers need to think a little bit more like marketeers. I, I want to start, I guess, by talking about the L word. When I, when I introduced you just now, I talked about loyalty. And that's it. You know, I guess it's a we can be assume that we know what loyalty is we can we can assume that we've just got our definition down packed but you know here you are loyalty expert loyalty guru tell us what your definition of loyalty is and and why it's so important within an account management space well from an account management perspective it's simple to me if you create a great experience and you create loyal customers and clients at the end of the day those clients get more of the clients you want (laughs) and allow you to charge more for the product or service you provide because the experience is different so you know at the end of the day creating a loyal customer base for me isn't about just you know, them loving the brand or enjoying working with you. It's about driving more revenue for you as a, you know, key account manager or a business, uh, you know, owner. Uh, It's all about getting you more 
business from the customers and clients you've got. It's the cheapest way to acquire customers and the return on investment is, is far surpasses any other marketing method. So if you can create a great account you know, experience, the, the clients just roll in the door. Because there'll be some of our listeners that will be thinking they are key account managers. They're tasked solely with looking after existing customers and growing the revenue mm. with those customers. And there'll be many customers, and I'm finding this more and more common across all of our clients, that there's this hybrid role where they're not only tasked with managing existing accounts, they are also tasked with new business. And actually, if you ask them where do they spend most of their time, actually, new business is probably where they spend most of their time. And yet, actually, if they spent more time creating better experiences for existing customers, the new business kind of follows organically. I like the other L word that you used just a moment ago. Of course, it's love. And it's not enough to just get customers to love us, is it? Is, no. there's, got, there's got to be more to it than that. You know, what, what are the best mechanisms for loyalty that, you, that you've seen? I, I mean, I spent, the, I spent the last five years looking at what companies that create new revenue and new clients from a great experience do. And it actually boils down to six, maybe seven things. That's it. Like, so this is not rocket science. It, it's really simple to create a great experience that, you know, let me, let me just quickly define an experience. An experience is a series of encounters that leave an impression. Okay. So this is, if you're at a key account manager, this is you've got to think about this with every interaction you're having with a client or the, or customer that you've currently got. What if you're going to attach an emoji to every one of those interactions you're having with that customer or client? What emoji are you attaching? Is it just a magic emoji for your entire client lifecycle? Well, that's terrible. Like that's not a good experience. You need to make sure that you know what they're feeling and how how they're feeling with every single interaction. And you want to manufacture that. You've got to craft an experience that makes them more excited about the next step in their consumer journey. And too often as a key account manager, you end up almost playing project manager or product manager. And it's like, you're just kind of moving things forward. And it's like, listen, let me set up another meeting and let's chat about this. And you know, here's the steps for onboarding. Blah, blah, blah. Like that doesn't make people feel anything. Mm. And a great experience is about the emotions that are attached to every single interaction. And when it comes down to the six things, I'll just run through them quickly. All right. So we can dive into any of these. But basically, you want to raise anticipation for the next step in the consumer journey. Raising anticipation creates tension and tension is an emotion that gets people more excited about the next thing. So if you're going to have a meeting, don't just schedule the meeting. What are you doing between the time you schedule that meeting and the time the meeting actually happens to make them more excited about the meeting before it occurs, right? That's raising anticipation. Maximize the honeymoon phase. The best time, we all know this, to ask for referrals or to propose a new solution or, or, or to ask for more money is to do it when they're most excited about the service or product that you've just sold to them. So you've got to maximize the honeymoon phase. You've got to know when are they happiest about the solution you've just provided. The next one is you've got to re-inspire them. And that's your job as a key account manager is to re-inspire, get them create a new moment of inspiration in their mind that sends them on a journey they never expected that you can become the provider for, that you can cross-sell or upsell as a result of that interaction. The next thing you need to think about is answering their trigger questions. Every time there's a moment of inspiration, every time they think, oh man, no, I didn't think about that. We've got another problem we need to solve. They have a trigger question that pops into their mind. You've got to answer that quickly and rapidly so that they know you are the expert that they should be turning to for the answer to that solution and the next step in the journey. All right. 
The next thing you've got to think about is you've got to scale camaraderie. All right. Scaling camaraderie is about building the team around you. As a key account manager, it's tempting to think, let me be the go-to person just for this brand so that I can maximize the revenue and build the relationship. At the end of the day, the best brands build a relationship between a team of four people. Okay. Minimum of four. Now, now you're building a real relationship between you, the customer, and the brand you work for or are building. Okay. And then the, the last thing you need to do and this may be the hardest one, is to remove friction from the experience. You need to look at all your competitors. You need to think about or walk through their experience they're providing for their clients and customers. And you need to remove steps that are unnecessary or can help differentiate the service you provide because everybody wants to work with someone who is easy to do business for. And by the way, there is a seventh that I've discovered that we can talk about later. It's a, it's a, it's a fun one, but there's a bonus one we can, we can dive into. I don't know. Was that helpful, David? I just it is. I'm going to hold you to that seventh bonus one. I love a, I love a Brucey bonus at the end of a show. I, I just want to come back to something you said right at the start there about manufacturing those those mm-hmm. manufacturing those emotions, actually. Because I guess when I'm listening to that, I'm thinking that the obvious choice is to try and manufacture positive emotions. You know, the, we want to actually manufacture delight, if you like, within the mm-hmm. customer experience. And yet, at the same time, I think, well, there's an opportunity here as account managers to manufacture negative emotions so that we can become the saviors, if you like. You know, get get the customer to the point that they're feeling unhappy about something, yeah. that they're noticing a problem that they didn't know that they had or whatever it might be. Is that something you see as well, you know, what, manufacturing yeah, negative emotions? Yeah, well, so... Um think of it like this that's that's part of re-inspiring your client right so if you're if if your client uh, relationship has been good it's moving along swimmingly but you know there's an opportunity to enhance the relationship you got to create in their mind a moment they they need to feel in control of the process right mm. instead of you saying hey i you, you know i've noticed you have problems one, two, and three, now that we've been working together for three months and we can solve all of those, you actually need to manufacture a moment where they realize they have problems one, two, and three. And that's when you jump in with, hey, let me answer some of those trigger questions that just popped in your mind because you really is that problem. The, the emotion you want to attach to it is like surprise. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, you're right. I never realized I had this problem. That's the emotion you want someone to have. Instead of saying we offer three more services that I think you'd be interested in, which is a lot of, of, of what key account managers do to do an upsell or a cross-sell, I think the better approach is to get them to realize they have a problem they didn't know they had and immediately provide the next step in the journey to help solve that problem. So, yeah, so I think, you know, actually getting customers to the point that they are realizing that they have problems that they didn't know they had, that's a wonderful skill actually to have as as an as an account manager because i think also as salespeople and we talked about this before salespeople we perhaps live a little too close to the close i think you would call it that moment of commitment you know the moment that yes. the customer decides they actually want and are agreeing to buy something from us we live a little too close to that and actually we need to live a little i'm using your language now but a little closer to the moment of inspiration it's that you know actually when is the customer realizing that they need something when is the moment of inspiration where they go ah do you know what i'll tell you what i might need and also why they need it and that coming back to something I said before, is why we need to think more like marketeers. Marketeers Mm. live at the moment of inspiration. They try and create those moments of inspiration. Tell me, I guess, in your experience, 
where you've seen organizations that really close the gap between sales and marketing, where we get our account managers to be marketeers. What, what's your experience of organizations that have done that beautifully? My experience is that it, it only happens when we're working off of the same model. So right now, you know, marketers kind of create a funnel, generate a bunch of leads, and then hand them over to the sales team or account management team. And then it's up to the account managers to, to take it from there, build a relationship, cross-sell, upsell. And occasionally, if they need some marketing materials, the, the key account manager comes back and says, we need a data sheet, a product thing, a, a, a one sheet, a web page, a whatever. <laughs> and marketing kind of delivers that. And, and that's, the, that's the relationship. I think the, the teams that are really successful work from the same playbook. They're, they all understand what a moment of inspiration is. And they understand that those don't end when the customer becomes a client, uh, you know, when the prospect becomes a client. It actually is the beginning of a longer journey. And, and moments of commitment actually are very small. They're not just about the sale. You know, at the end of the day, a, a client is, is trading data, they're trading time, and they're trading, yes, money to build a relationship with you. And we need to treat data and time as just as valuable as money. So marketers are really good at understanding the data and time trade, right? Uh, but, but salespeople or key account managers are really good at focusing on the date, the, the the money transfer, right? Like pay the bill this month and let's upsell you or cross sell you something new tomorrow. So, you know, I've seen businesses, um, especially B2B businesses have an easier time with this actually than, than companies that sell to consumers because you have a, you're working with a team, you know exactly who your client is and crafting a great and simple experience that includes items that marketing needs to provide you with to help move people along in that journey work really well. So for example, I talked to a, a company that actually provides accounting software uh, to, you know, and they, they to, to bigger businesses. And so they have key account managers that are tasked with getting people on board using their accounting software and then cross-selling and upselling other services like payroll services and all sorts of other things. And instead, you know, what they what they used to do was just, you know, kind of automate and uh, and expect people to use the software for three months and then upgrade to payroll. What they've done now is they've realized they can actually shorten the sales cycle if they don't look at our schedule, like, hey, we expect people to do this in three months, but they look for key markers in the client relationship that define new moments of inspiration. So when somebody has an import problem and they say, I'm having trouble importing my current payroll provider, that's a pain point, right? That's a moment of inspiration. They're like, can you help me with this? What they do is first they help them because that's the trigger question, right? Can you help me with it? Absolutely. Let's import it. They get them excited. They get them happy about it. They remove any friction. Just send us the file. We'll import it. They don't even teach them how to do it. This is key. They remove that friction, which other people will teach them because their customer success team is like, we'll teach you so you can do it next time. That's very nice. They're going to feel good about that. That's not helping the moment of inspiration create a new moment of commitment. So they've removed the friction. They scale some camaraderie by saying, you know what? I'm going to put you in touch with my person that helps with these imports. I'm going to introduce you to, let's say, David, right? So David helps them with the import, does it for them, says your import is complete. And the key count manager sends an email immediately after because we know they're very happy. They're like, that was so easy. And they say, hey, look, you know, when you're importing from vendor XYZ, it can be very complicated and time consuming. We're happy to do that anytime you need us to do that. But you know what? We have a payroll solution. 
that for $2.50 an employee can just get you that import automatically and it's always there. Let us know if you want to talk more about that. Chances are they don't that that's the 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 ask, right? We want a moment of commitment just to talk about it. Chances are if they're really excited, if you're maximizing the honeymoon phase at that moment where they're like that was so easy, they'll say, "Hey, for 250 a month, that sounds like an easier thing." than mm. me having to import it or email you, let's sign up for that. Mm. And so instead of doing that three months later, after they've already trained people how to do it, and they're like, we have a system that works, <laughs> they're, they're actually getting the sale much sooner, and they've been able to upsell people a lot faster. I love that example, of course, because it is a B2B example. And actually, sometimes when we talk about marketing and we talk about the customer experience, it feels a little bit like a B2C thing. And it feels like actually, well, B2B, it's quite hard to be different in a B2B world. It's quite hard. to, And, and yet what you've just described there is a wonderful example of Let's face it, not the most exciting product in all the world, but it certainly <laughs> does something that customers need it to do. So in the very basics of business, businesses exist to solve problems. There was a problem. It creates a product. It solves it. You know, it, it does that. And you've got a customer experience that enables that upsell opportunity and creates new moments of, of, of commitment. And something else that you said around, you know, actually the thing about B2B is that we should know our customers almost better than we do in a B2C world because we don't necessarily know the individual customer in a B2C world. I mean, you know, some small independent coffee shops might or, you know, something like that. But but in, in terms of knowing your customer, you know, if you've got a, a half a dozen or 20, you know, accounts that are your most important customers, you should really know them really, really well. So then leveraging the marketing team for that sort of one-to-one marketing collateral or brand-to-brand marketing collateral. That's a really powerful resource that's probably massively underused, right? Oh, it's massively underused. Look, what marketers are good at is writing Mm. (laughs) great copy that inspires an emotional reaction in the mind of your audience, right? Good marketers do this constantly. Great marketers can can actually do both, get them to not just feel something, but then take action. And when you have those two things working together, if you have a key account manager who says, look, I think I've identified a moment of inspiration in the mind of my audience, or even I know when the honeymoon phase is and I can see that I, I need to re-inspire them to do something next. Can you help me craft a template that I can just send anytime I see this? Now you've got marketing and sales working together. You've got marketing and account managers thinking like a team. And that's when you get a much, much deeper result. I was actually, I have a, a mentee that I work with. She's, she's a young director of marketing at a software company that sells to nonprofit organizations. And she just wanted to do some market research. And she sent out some you know uh, initial emails using a template that somebody else had written and got essentially zero response. And all she had to do was kind of sit down with another marketer in her organization, say, this is the moment of inspiration I'm trying to create. This is the moment of commitment I need them to get to. Uh, Can you work with me to craft something that actually gets them to feel something, inspires them to take that that next action that I need them to take and commit to just some 15 minutes on the phone with me so I can do some market research. If key account managers can leverage what marketing is good at by really getting them to help craft messages that inspire action and, and get them to feel something, you'll have much better results with every interaction you have with your client. And I always say that that 
just the notion of that, you know, hey, guys, you know, work closer with marketing. They've got skill and resource that you don't have, and that can really help you with your targets this month. There you go. Easy. Job done. <laughs> right. And yet it doesn't happen that way. And one of the no. reasons it doesn't happen that way, and that comes back to one of your points, you know, you talk about removing friction. There's friction friction in every business between departments and there's sort of siloed working and you know department to department jealousy sometimes politics, politics yeah, yeah. yeah you know you guys get paid a ton of commission to to go and sell and we don't get commission we just get told we got to go and give you stuff so actually you're not the top of my list today i've got other objectives i so how, how do we remove the friction internally what's, what's the best way of doing that do you think the best way to do that is to use another loyalty loop dryer. You need to scale camaraderie. So I think too often we think of marketing and sales as big teams that need to collaborate together and have big initiatives that they need to work on. If you team up one key account manager with one marketer and say, look, for the next three months, you two work together to find better ways to create micro moments in your relationships that, that just evoke an emotion and, and attach an emoji to every one of those relationships with the goal of increasing revenue for each client you're interacting with, I guarantee you'll get a better partnership, you'll get better results, and you'll actually have a, a more working relationship between those team members. And if you can scale it to four team members, like, hey, let's get two key account managers and two marketers, maybe with different skill sets. One maybe is a data junkie and they like to look at the data and figure stuff out. And one is a great copywriter. Now, all of a sudden, you've got four brains working on one problem to create better micro moments. One of marketing's problems is, just to, to be fair, is that they think in terms of campaigns. So, you know, when you say, hey, can you help me with an email? They say, yeah, no problem. Like in nine weeks, we should be able to launch an email campaign. And you're like, no, no, I want to send this email in like an hour to a client that seems real happy. And they're like, well, not today. I've got a meeting. It's you know, four o'clock. But when you're working as a team and you know that the priority is for that team to be more successful, all of a sudden you actually do deliver those small moments that actually create a great customer experience. And that's where the, the synergy, oh man, I use that word. I should, you should have a buzzer for that. Hang on. That's about as good as I get. There's that no buzzer, awesome. but you don't that like the word awesome. synergy? I don't like the word synergy. It's one of those words that's on my like don't use list. But that it's when you're it's a partnership. That's better, right? Like uh, marketing and sales should be a real partnership. And to be honest, it doesn't end there. Hey, there we go. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're working with you you know scaling camaraderie and creating a great experience is all about understanding the moments of inspiration in the mind of your client where they might reconsider you as a vendor as well. So for example, your, your accounting team probably sends an invoice to your client every month that says their credit card's been charged or here's the invoice, please send us a check, whatever it is, right? That is one of the prime B2B moments of inspiration because they get that invoice, they look at it and they go, wow, we spent a lot with Jennifer's company this month. Maybe we should find someone that's cheaper. Did we get our money's worth? That's the trigger questions, right? Mm. So you need to know as a key account manager when any, every invoice goes out, or maybe you need to work with the accounting team to say, hey, look, if, if it's okay with you, within a 10-day range, I'm going to try to get you to send the, the invoice for the next month only when I've gotten one of those maximized honeymoon phase moments. So when they say, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Mm. You say, no problem. I hope you enjoyed it. 
by the way, here's the um, so instead of just sending it because you, you haven't talked to them for three weeks, that's when they're wondering, let me talk to a friend who might have a cheaper vendor, right? Camcast, key account management made easy. So actually, yeah, we, we, we're talking about, you know, sales and marketing working more closely together, but actually it's sales in every department and accountancy is, is you know, that and finance. I think that's a really, really important one because finance is a very admin driven department. You know, it sends invoices out and it says things as simple as, hi, Drew, hope you are well, question mark. By the way, I don't, <laughs> I don't care about the answer. I just have to know I have to say that. Um, and then I'll say, here is your invoice. Please pay it within 14 days or 30 days or <laughs> yes, six days. Exactly. And then kind regards, let me know if you have any problems with this. Uh, but remember, pay me, pay me. It's, you know, it's like that sort of, it's not very personal, is it? And yet what the finance team maybe don't know is that there's a whole side conversation going on with the account manager. And, you know, it's right hand, left hand stuff, isn't it? You know, That's right hand right. needs to talk to the left hand. That's absolutely right. Whenever there's a disconnect between the right hand and the left hand at any organization, your clients are the first to feel it. And you may not, or you may think they don't, but they certainly do. So if you're getting your team before together, maybe you want someone from, from the key account management team. Maybe you want someone from sales. Maybe you want someone from marketing. Maybe you want something from accounting. And maybe you want to throw someone in from operations, right? Like, where are these moments? What emails are you sending? You know, because I don't know what your emails say. So if you can, you know, the, the more you can focus on crafting every interaction to feel good, the better your chances at getting that referral, that cross-seller, that upsell are going to happen. So it's not just about feeling good, though, is it? It's about being different. And we talked about that right at the start. Differentiation, as I said, is is one of the hardest things in business these days. Um, often it's the customer experience that could be the only differentiator. For many organizations, the relationship that we have as individuals with the customer is the only real differentiator. So in a B2B context, what are your tips, I guess, for ensuring that you are different? How, how can you be different in a B2B world? It's really, really easy, actually, <laughs> because most of us are selling a commodity product. You may not think it is, but it's perceived that way. I don't care if you're a social media marketing manager or you sell high-end consulting to Fortune 500 companies. They, can, they think they can get that service or product elsewhere. So at the end of the day, the only thing that differentiates is your experience. And the easiest way to start looking at how can I differentiate my experience is take one moment of commitment. Let's take an easy one. Like, uh, like you just set up a, a, a meeting with a client. Okay. We, we talked about that earlier. It's a really easy one to think about. What, what does your competition do? You're going to make one column and you're going to list all the things, you know, your cost competition does the moment they schedule a meeting. Okay. So they schedule a meeting on a phone call, right? The next thing they do is they send a, a, you know, a Google calendar meeting invite. Perfect. Then the day before the meeting, they set a reminder saying, don't forget we're meeting tomorrow at 2 p.m. Then they actually attend the meeting on Zoom. Let's just, that's an easy list, okay? Now, next column, I want you to write down what you do. What do we do? Take the same steps. Okay, let's say you're on a phone call, you wanna schedule a meeting. Schedule the same two are on the first column. Then the next one, what do you do? You send a Google Calendar invite? Okay, no differentiated experience so far. What do you do? You send a reminder. You guys are the same experience so far. What You just show up to the meeting. You've got nothing that feels different to the client than anyone else. 
The last column I want you to do is I want you to cross out everything that's the same. Okay, so, so far, there's nothing that you do that's different. And this is the could do column. So we've got they do, we do, could do. Now, in the could do column, I want you to use those six loyalty loop drivers we just went through earlier, right? You schedule a meeting on a phone call. Perfect. What's the first thing you can do to raise anticipation for that call? Is there anything you can do for that next meeting? Can you, instead of just sending the calendar appointment, can you add something to that that raises anticipation? Like, hey, David, what's your favorite sandwich? It's a two o'clock meeting. Just want to know. Check mark. Like all of a sudden, it feels different, right? So if you go down that list and you just find two or three differentiated things you can do that use the drivers to push that experience forward, I guarantee you're going to go into that meeting with a more excited and, and anticipatory audience than any of your competitors. And that's when your experience feels different. And that's when they start paying more for your service because the experience is the differentiator. That's when you start getting more referrals for your experience because people are saying, wow, that was an amazing meeting. Even though it was just a normal meeting, the same as the competitor might provide, your experience leading up to it felt different. And that's when people are going to be able to uh, refer you easier because it's an ownable experience. Yours is the differentiated experience that people know. So I don't, I can't remember the question, David. I've rattled on there, but hopefully that was helpful. They could, they, sorry, they do, we do, we could do. Absolutely. Well, the qu the question was, how do we craft different experiences? So that's exactly it. It's, it's and it is a beautifully simple mechanism that you know. Just look at what do they do, what do we do, and what could we do if we were to be different. And there's a thing about being brutal with yourself here, and and accepting. You know, it's not right or wrong. It just is what it is. We do the same as everyone else here. I just send yeah. them a meeting invite, and in that meeting invite, I put the subject line: Drew and David's catch up. And that's it. Dull, 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 dull. Boring. So exactly. I've got to, I've got to make it interesting. You know, maybe you know, maybe I pop a video in the email invite exactly. instead of typing the text, or you know, I don't know. Do I send a carrier pigeon or something with the yeah, invite instead? Could, Forget yeah, email. Send, <laughs> yeah, sending something, sending some like physical physical mail could be a differentiator. There are a million things, but look. As a key account manager, if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're like, well, I don't know, I've been doing it this way for years. I worked at another company just like that, did it that way for years. That's where I want you to go sit with a marketing person. Yeah, I want you to say, look, this is what they do. This is what we do. It's the same. Can you brainstorm some ways we can actually make this better? Because marketers are trained to say, you know what? When you're sending a meeting invite, we got to think about the subject line just to get them to open that and be more excited about it. Let's think of subject lines we could use for these kinds of meetings. The kickoff meeting, everybody sends kickoff meeting calls. Are you sending an agenda? How fun is that agenda? For example, I worked with an insurance company recently who they, they do what every insurance company does. It's business to business insurance. And when you're shopping for B2B insurance, you, you know, you're basically looking for the lowest price option. You figure everybody's the same. So what everybody does is they want a speedy, you know, quote request. So you fill out an online form, you do it on 10 different insurance company websites. They start sending you quotes very quickly and you're like, they're hoping you pick the cheapest one and give them a call. Well, this one company um, decided we need to do something different. We need to raise anticipation. So what they do is they send immediately. They take the form. They send two quotes in the form. And the email says, hey, David, I know you're looking for, you know, whatever liability insurance for your business. You know, we got three quotes back. Here's the first quote. It's the lowest. Here's the second quote. It's the highest. The third quote 
I think we should chat about. If you have five minutes, I'd like to show you something really weird about this third quote. And what you're doing is raising anticipation. You're creating a curious curiosity gap in the mind of that person. And they're like, wait, the third quote is weird? The, there's something interesting about it? Let me give this guy a call, right? And that's when they pick up the phone and they say, you know, you said that third quote, what well, was weird? And then the, you, you, know, you have to have something real to talk about, right? You can't just be saying, well, oh, there's nothing really weird about it. Just wanted to get you to call. <laughs> you, you have to know what kind of angle you're going to take. But it's been unbelievably successful with them because now they can build a relationship on the phone and it's not about price, mm. right? They've created a differentiated experience that creates an emotional connection in their mind that creates that next moment of commitment, which is I just need to get you on the phone. And if I can get you on the phone for five minutes, I have a, like a 90% chance of closing that deal. I, I, and you're absolutely right there. It does have to be realistic um, because actually, you know, we all know this from social media. Nobody likes clickbait. Yeah. We no, don't like clickbait. clickbait yeah. You know, we just, we just don't like it. And it's really irritating when you click on that headline and you go, that's not the real story. So you said there's yeah. got to be some realism in there. I come back to something you said just now as well about, uh, you know, it's the way we've always done it. So maybe we've got account managers listening and thinking, yeah, but, you know, that's the way everyone does it. And why change that? And, you know, and I, I can hear them now saying, well, I think we have to be very professional in our yes. emails. And, and I always think, who decided what professional was? Right? <laughs> who decided that that turning up to a meeting with a suit and tie on was professional? Who decided that you must send an email saying, hope you are well? Uh, you know, and, and all of this stuff. Because this is all stuff that we all do because we deem it to be professional, but it's not different. And therefore, we, maybe we've got to just challenge this whole what's professional and can we still be professional and maybe, uh, you know, dare I say, it, a bit quirky in the way. Absolutely. We well, look, it, you know, I, I think one of the problems people run into is it's a it's a spectrum, right? Like um, if you work, let's say you work in financial services and you feel like you've got to be credible, you've got to be professional. I get it, right? You're you're on the far left of my spe spectrum and you've got to be professional. But if everybody else is also on the far left of the prof professional spectrum in your world, can you move a little closer to the other end of the, the spectrum just to feel a little different? I guarantee it'll work better for you if you can nudge yourself that way, right? Versus maybe you're on the other side of the spectrum with a bunch of other competitors and you're all just fun and quirky and you have funny videos. You know, I, I recently signed up for um, a new web hosting company uh, that's, that make, helps make websites called Webflow. And, you know, they basically sell a, a web building tool just like Squarespace or anything else. But I started watching their tutorial videos. Number one, they are the most entertaining tutorial videos I have ever seen in my life. And I, you know, I dread watching a tutorial video from any B2B company because it's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and even if they try to be funny, it's terrible. Mm. These guys have nailed it at Webflow. So if you want to see how you can move the spectrum just a little, you know, they're not unprofessional. It's not like I watch it and go, this is terrible. I can't trust these people mm. with my website. Mm. You watch it saying, these guys are unbelievably slick and professional and they're funny. And that makes me feel good about these, the, this brand. And there are people involved. And I think we lose track of this all the time when selling is that we're very good actually at sitting in a, in a sales training room and saying, do you know what, David? I, I firmly believe that people buy from people. 
and everyone in the room goes, yeah, yeah I agree with that too. I, like, I, that, I hold that belief. I think that's very <laughs> yeah. important. People do buy from people. And of course, there's more to it than that. People don't just buy from people. They buy from people that they like and people like people mm-hmm. who are like them. So that's where the building rapport comes in and creating that feeling of commonality. And yet, it's not just about the people, it's about the brand and it's about the experience that they create. But there are human beings interacting, human beings with personality, human beings that get bored, human beings that want to laugh in yes. a business meeting. You know, The minute the prospect leaves the room, internally, we have a laugh and a joke with each other like yeah. we would normally do. <laughs> So why can we not have a laugh and a joke in front of the customer? Because we deem it to be unprofessional. I think, I think you're dead on. Look, scaling camaraderie is all about, there's, there's one kind of twist on scaling camaraderie that I often challenge B2B professionals to embrace, and it's called reverse personalization. So we think a lot about how can we personalize or customize the experience for the clients we've got, and how can we get to know them better? But we, especially in the B2B world, I think we often overlook the desire to build a relationship the other way. Reverse personalization is about humanizing the brand for the customer and client you're serving. And that's about introducing them to other people on your team, or even better, exposing hidden processes. So there are kind of three things you can think about. You can expose the hidden process. You know, essentially when you say, hey, that was a great meeting, we'll get back to you next week with some drafts. You know, don't just get back to them next week with some drafts. Take a picture of what you drew on their dry erase board with the team afterwards. Uh, you know, three days later, send that picture and say, "Hey, David, this is Bob, Je- Be- Betty, and Joni, and we were working on it on the dry erase boards coming together. Great. That's that's showing the hidden process. They they don't then think you just went away, cash in checks, right, and aren't actually working on the project. It makes them feel like they're engaged, and that's reverse personalization at work. It's kind of is exposing the hidden process or expanding the team again. You can go further out and say, you know, maybe you didn't meet, uh, you know, Betty Joe, but she does X, Y, and Z, and she's going to be sending the invoice on Friday, and she happens to like cats. That's expanding the team, right? Those that that's that's a really great. And the last one is show instead of tell. So I don't care if you're working on Excel spreadsheets and data analysis for a client. If you might think it's boring and stupid, but they might be really intrigued by seeing a screenshot of a busy Excel spreadsheet with some graphs that you're working on. Show that work in progress instead of just tell me you're working on it. or shoot a little video and say, hey, there's been three great insights I've got so far. Let me just walk through them for you. Uh, and here's the big numbers. You know, these aren't final. Don't tell anyone. That makes people feel like they're getting an inside look and they're building a relationship with you in a deeper way. I love that show and don't tell. Uh, and you, like you say, you might think it's dull uh, to the customer, but maybe they'd be interested. And if not necessarily interested in the content, they're at least interested to know that you're doing stuff. Exactly. Uh, whilst waiting for the check to clear. <laughs> I'm conscious that that uh, that we that we're running out of time, and 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 I, I there's so much more I wanted to ask you, but I'm also conscious that you told me there was a Brucey bonus. There was a seventh driver. Uh, tell me about the seventh driver, Drew. The seventh driver is called the crucial concern, and it's really good for key account managers because it happens right before or right after any moment of commitment. Remember, a moment of commitment is, is anytime you're training data, time, or money for information you know, to buy a product or a service or to support a cause. So at the end of the day, there's a question that will pop up in the mind of your prospect or client right before they decide to have a meeting, right? When you say, hey, can we set up another follow-up meeting a a month from now? You know, we need an hour. What's their crucial concern? Is that going to be, you know, 
maybe their concern is, are we going to see the final product? Are we going to see the pitch? You know, is the hour going to be worth my time? And the more you can proactively address those crucial concerns that happen before or after any moment of commitment, the better they feel and the faster they move through the loyalty loop cycle. All right. So crucial concerns is something that I think most key account managers underestimate because they've dealt with lots of clients. They, they probably have, uh, have dealt with these feelings or, or emotions in the past, and they know they're going to be answered, but the client doesn't know. So the better you can kind of uh, head those off at the pass and address every crucial concern as they come up, the more seamless and friction-free the client thinks the relationship is. I love that. Seamless and friction-free uh, as well. It's time for the CamCast Killer Question. One of the things that we invite our guests to do, to do on Camcast is to pose a question. Uh, the killer our, question. The killer question. So killer question today is coming from you, Drew. Give us our killer question for the listeners today. What emotion or emoji would you attach to the very next interaction you're having with a client or a customer? That's it. What emoji are you going to attach to that next communication you have with a client or customer is it just a meh meh or is it a like yeah i can't wait like is it a surprise emoji i want you to think about that before you hit the send button and if it's just a meh emoji or a sad emoji or a i don't care emoji or maybe you can't even figure out what emoji fix it get it to the point at which you're like they're going to be so shocked so so excited so anticipatory they're going to be so happy so thankful so grateful so excited that's the kind of emotion you want to build with every interaction excellent i love this idea of emoji i'm just reached for my phone to look at my most frequently used emojis what I'm, do you have? What I'm not you have? i'm not sure i can share them all uh, <laughs> there's a lot of cry laughy face ones there's definitely Good the one. meh emoji comes out quite yeah. a lot in my communication there's a few birthday cakes there so obviously oh, that good. was some happy birthday stuff going on yeah. there's a tiger emoji i'm not quite sure where that where mm. that comes on and the I hand like on that. the hand on face emoji oh that's, that's a good one personal favorites so i love this idea though of creating the the, the journey map with uh, emojis drew it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today about this if anyone wants to find out more about you and what you do um, and see more of your content how can they do that sure uh so i do a weekly youtube video called the loyalty loop <laughs> so so uh, you can find that on youtube or go to loyaltyloopers.com and i send those out every day every thursday to to uh, my loyal uh, loyalty loopers and or you can find me on twitter or instagram i'm at drew davis here and i have a website aka drewdavis.com but the best way to find me is is youtube with my loyalty loop videos probably awesome and and i, I can second that that uh you you really do want to sort of check that out i think some of those videos are awesome and really creative and and just show you how you can be different in a b2b world drew davis it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for joining us today on camcast thank you david camcast key account management made easy so when you think about your customer experiences the big moments the little moments the micro moments how well are you engineering the interactions so that they evoke the right emotions for the right results do you consistently and repeatedly inspire your key customers at the right times to trigger moments of commitment that reward you with data, time or money? How do you truly differentiate from your competitors? 
As a sales team, are you working to a finite game in a race to this month's targets and objectives? Or do you see the customer experience as an ongoing cycle that regularly inspires and re-inspires to create upselling and cross-selling opportunities? Is key account management a team sport in your business? Do you scale camaraderie and involve the wider team of talents to maximize the brand-to-person relationships? I love the seven drivers of the loyalty loop that Drew shared with us today that can really help us to focus our attention on deliberately engineering a seamless and ongoing journey of interactions that leave an impression, increase customer growth and retention, and leave a legacy that you and the team can be proud of. Don't forget to jump across to the show notes at camguru.com forward slash podcast for all of the details and let us know what you thought of today's episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of Camcast, a podcast brought to you by camguru.com, one of the UK's leading key account management consulting and training organizations. If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate you sharing it with your connections, giving us a review on your chosen podcast app and letting us know what else you'd like to hear in an upcoming episode. You can find the show notes for this episode on the website at camguru.com forward slash podcast.